Hello and welcome to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff I have to catch up today. Um, Man, last time I left off, the last time I did a podcast was like months ago. But anyways, I'm back. Uh, Yeah, so so I guess for this podcast it's going to be mainly about catching up. You guys, you know, I got stuff to do or whatever. But anyways, I'm back. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. And so I'm going to take it back to the beginning of the year. And that is, uh, I'll start with Black Panther. Okay, so I have been dying to seeing Black Panther. And so now that it's out and I currently own it on digital and whatnot... My thoughts on Black Panther, and for those listening, uh, it's going to be spoilers for all these movies that I'm going to talk about, besides one, I guess, but we'll see. Anyways, Black Panther. Black Panther, I, oh my god, I I love Black Panther a lot. I love the story, I love the characters in it, I love the world, the richness of Wakanda. Everything about it is just phenomenal, from, you know, T'Challa... Basically, in this movie, you know, he's trying to decide what kind of king does he want to be? Does he want to, you know, live, you know, keep doing the traditional stuff of the way uh, other kings have ruled Wakanda? Or does he want to try something different? And, you know, by the end of the movie, he takes that, he takes that opportunity to finally realize that, you know, we can't do, we have to open to the world. As much as I don't want to do it. But I'm going to have to because I think it will make the world a better place and whatnot. All because, you know, his father in the movie basically kills his brother who has a son. And his son, Killmonger, comes to Wakanda and wrecks havoc and is like, hey, you know, Wakanda has always been here. Always has not been joining the battle and whatnot. And you guys could help out if you send, you know, all this vibranium out and whatnot and help. But no, because Wakanda was ruled by T'Challa. T'Challa, yeah. T'Challa or T'Chaka. T'Chaka was basically not going to help the the world because of the fact that, you know, it's all about war and Wakanda is very like, it's about its people and whatnot. It basically tells T'Challa at one point in the, uh, the afterlife that he basically didn't uh, bring Killmonger to Wakanda because he was more about his people and whatnot and oh my god I think my favorite scene comes from that from that moment and when uh, T'Challa visits his uh, ancestors for the second time and specifically talks to his dad about and he, why he didn't bring the boy home and ah uh, that, that whole scene is great I, I truly loved it and it's just like at that moment he's like no more no more of this I will not live with these wrongs and whatnot. I am not going to be what you know you basically fail to do and whatnot. and so overall I love Black Panther I mean seeing it for the first time opening day and seeing it with a crowd of people and the energy and everything like that was the best uh, movie experience of this year because you know the jokes landed and everyone's just having a good time and I'm having a good time and the movie is just phenomenal and it's just I mean it's great I mean it's directed by Ryan Coogler 
who who uh, directed Creed, and that was the first film I saw from him. And with me in Creed, I'll probably get into this later because I will talk about the Creed two trailer. Uh, Creed to me, it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, back then, like, like I I was never into Rocky at all, and but I knew the the history or whatever. And so when I saw Creed, I thought this movie was just everything. It was just great. It's inspiring. It's just really well shot. It's really well made. Really well acted. And damn, was it good. So to him to bring the talent he has to Black Panther was great. And Black Panther, honestly, it's so great because it's also great because of the fact that it's very self-contained and whatnot. It's not, you know, yeah, you get uh, Everett Ross in there. That's your connection to the MCU and whatnot, and the the mentions of Civil War, the events and whatnot. But it's very self-contained. It takes it all takes place in Wakanda, mainly in Wakanda, and it's just it's phenomenal. And honestly. Black Panther was really great. It's not my favorite movie of the year, but it's definitely in the top five of this year for me. Alrighty, from one Marvel to another, Avengers Infinity War. I gotta say, you know, just a reminder, we're going to spoilers, which, I mean, the movie's been out for two months now, so, well, almost two months. So, anyways, so yeah, spoilers. Um... This movie is something else. This movie is a movie you have to see twice to truly appreciate it. Because the first time, it's it's all in your face. It's all in your face. It's all, you know, everything you want to see. You're, you're getting all these characters and whatnot. And the first time I saw it, the problem I had with it was the Thor subplot. That was the only thing I had a problem with. But upon seeing it a second time... That storyline definitely flew better, flowed better, basically. And that's why I say you got to see it a second time because, you know, your gripes with it, you know, again, you're taking it all in. Everything is just in your face. You know, you're seeing people dying. You're getting all these characters. You know, you're going from one scene to the next scene. And it's just amazing how... There's all these characters, all the characters that we've seen besides Hawkeye and Ant-Man and almost all of the, uh, and, you know, sub-characters from all the other movies. But, yeah, you have to see it twice to really appreciate it. Like, if you liked it the first time, I would suggest seeing it a second time because you've got to really, it, it, it works so much better now that you know what's coming. And, you know, what you didn't like, you may end up liking. I mean... Like I said, for me, that Thor subplot, the first time I saw it, I thought it very slowed down because we're seeing that scene as well as the Wakanda war scene. And I guess that's what it was for me when I first saw it. It's like, I just want to get back to Wakanda. I don't care about, you know, Thor making uh, his uh, ooh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker is what they call it. Um, I didn't care about it, but upon second, second viewing, I appreciate it more. And... Wow, and that ending, I mean, the snap and everyone turned to dust was just, oh, oh my goodness. I mean, I saw I saw um, Kevin Smith tweet about him seeing it, and this was before the movie came out to the wide audience. He got a screener, and he said, it's going to be a long wait for the next Avengers movie, and I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, oh, 
can't wait to see it. So I see it and I knew exactly what he was talking about. And it's like, fuck, he's right. It's going to be, it's going to be so painful to, you know, the next movie. And, you know, before the movie even came out, I saw all these like critics and these little headlines saying, you know, the ending is like the best thing ever. And I was just like, Oh, I can't wait. And it is I wouldn't say for me personally, it's not the best ending in an MCU movie. I feel the best ending for me is Doctor Strange with the whole time replaying the scenario over and over again to Dormammu gives, uh, till Dormammu uh, agrees to leave and whatnot. But yeah, but for an Avengers ending, yeah, it's probably the best Avengers ending ever because I just, there is something about you know the bad guy winning like our heroes losing and the villain ultimately wins at the end of the movie that's why you know for the longest time uh for star wars the uh empire strikes back has always was always my favorite star wars movie because it never ends on a happy note you know han gets taken away Luke loses a hand, and they're just ultimately defeated. I mean, the title says it all, The Empire Strikes Back, and yeah. So with Avengers Infinity War, it's it's very great. And I gotta say, the best, what really t- took me away from this whole movie is the fact that how crazy, realistic Thanos looks. I mean, wow. I mean, that that is probably the best CGI I've ever seen. Like, the way he moves... The way he talks and all the details on his face and, you know, his armor and all that business. It's really, really awesome. And I just, like, it literally felt like that was a real person or, you know, just great. I mean, the highlights for me for this movie, and there's a lot of stuff that happens. But I think the highlight for me is whenever Steve Rogers comes on screen, I mean, oh my god. The way he, the way Chris Evans plays the character is just amazing and there's a line there's a line in this movie that I love so much and basically you know there's a lot of lines you know quotes from these MCU movies with Cap that really describes the character like what kind of like if you hear this from this uh, character you know exactly what kind of person this is and the line I love so much in this movie is where uh, it's Steve Rogers coming to the Avengers initiative uh, the headquarters and, you know, they have Vision and he's all stuck and whatnot. And they're talking about how Thanos needs his stones and the stone in Vision's head. You know, Thanos is going to come for that. And whatnot, we need to do something, blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, planning it all out. And Steve Rogers is like, we don't trade lives. And I'm just like, God, the way he delivers that line is so f- freaking awesome. And then there's the line where he comes in and... uh General Ross is talking to Falcon, and, you know, (laughs) Ross is like, you think just because the world is going to hell, you think all is forgiven, and (laughs) Rogers looks at Ross and is like, I'm not looking for forgiveness at this point, you know, I don't, we don't want to fight you, but if we will, you know, you know, we will, like, I just, I love the whole movie, I mean, it's it's definitely not my favorite Marvel movie of the year because I like I said Black Panther was just amazing. But yeah, Avengers like it really really 
after the you know the long wait to this movie it was definitely lived up to i mean i loved everything about it the whole hulk angle too was just great and i really like that take a lot you know bruce banner's getting all the you know all the action instead of you know letting the hulk do it that was just i thought that was great even though i would have loved to seen the hulk bust out of the uh hulkbuster oh so great so yeah avengers and you know that ending and i just i i can't wait for the 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 uh the next movie i just i just cannot wait and yeah that post credit scene with captain marvel like i like as soon as i i mean i don't know captain marvel from the source material and whatnot like i know the basis of her character I don't know the whole thing. I'm not like an expert or whatever, but seeing the little tease for Captain Marvel, I was just like, oh my god, I loved it. Just, ah, Marvel. Marvel movies are just the greatest. Alrighty. So the next movie I want to talk about is, let's get out of Marvel real quick. I want to talk about Quiet Place. Now, Quiet Place for me is my favorite movie of the year. This is a movie that is just like, it's... It's definitely, it's it's uh it's it is so worth going to see in the movie theater. Even though, you know, hopefully if you go into see, you know, if you saw it in the movie theater, hopefully no one was talking, there was no noise at all, because this movie relies on no sound at all and it relies on you know the facial expressions and the sign language and you know the actors had I just. I love this movie from the beginning to the end, and there was, I, I saw, you know, some sort of report that, you know, they want to do a sequel, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to see a prequel, I don't want to see a sequel, it's one of those movies that just is better off, like, left alone, if they're going to do a sequel or a prequel, you know, fine, whatever, it's a business, I get it, but, you know, they're going to have to sell, you know, they're going to have to show something so amazing, for in the trailer to get me hooked on it because right now I'm just like you know Quiet Place standalone movie so great so great but yeah it's very intense it's very quiet it's very nerve wracking and first of all the way this movie opens is it's so wild and crazy that I'm just like damn like much like last year's uh uh it chapter one you know we see georgie you know crawling with one arm blood coming out the other then in a quiet place it's like they're introducing you to these characters and there's this younger kid the youngest kid and you know has this toy and you know wants to play with it but can't turn on the noise because the creatures will come after them and whatnot he turns it on and it they show you in the trailer but they don't show you the whole thing and he gets taken out and right then and there i was just like fuck (laughs) like oh my god like that's that's some triggering stuff right there like i can't that was unsettling and the whole movie is very is very great even though i don't understand why you know they uh the parents would have you know the parents are you know would have sex and you know are now expecting another baby which her giving birth uh emmy blunt's character giving birth to the kid in the movie is just like 
the probably the scariest like you know intense like scene ever because you know if you make a sound they're coming after you these alien creatures are coming after you and that whole scene was just oof, not 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 cool like i was just very like it it, it could have been worse i mean but you know luckily nothing bad happened they got out of that situation and whatnot, but overall, yeah, A Quiet Place is definitely my favorite movie of the year because of the experience and just, like, how sucked in you get in, and, yeah, it's, it's a great movie, and for first direction, uh, uh, directing debut by John Kunzinski, I think that's his name, really well done, I mean, I hope, I hope, uh, he gets nominated for some sort of screenplay or something, you know, I would really appreciate that. I think he deserves some sort of nomination for that movie. But anyways, alrighty, jumping back into Marvel, let's talk some Deadpool two. Okay, so Deadpool two, seen it twice. I uh, I loved it. I really, really liked it a lot. I mean, from Deadpool to Josh Brolin's Cable to Domino, how they use X Force, and you know. They use X-Force and they just completely kill them off. And I thought that was just... That was probably the best sequence in that movie. Uh, there's a joke about dubstep that I really like. I just... The whole movie is great. I mean, the jokes. It definitely lives up to the first one. I I mean, personally, I don't think it's better than the first one. But it's definitely a worthy sequel. Like, it's definitely a worthy sequel to the best. And, you know, we get Juggernaut, which is like... It. Uh, this is the thing about the Deadpool movies, and we've only gotten two, but it, it's Deadpool. The Deadpool movies so far have felt like the most X Men movies ever. Like I think the last X Men movie that felt like an X Men movie. And granted, I've only read, you know, a few X Men. Well, I've only owned one X Men comic, but. The one, you know, looking back at those movies, it was always for, it was always, it always felt like, you know, Wolverine and the X-Men. You never felt like a team ensemble in those X-Men movies. Not until we got to the the newest X-Men movies, which is with James McAvoy and, oh, why am I skipping? Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, like the new reincarnated, uh, the new X-Men movies. I felt like, well, at least for only first class. Like, first class, to me, feels like an X-Men movie. And then, you know, you got X-Men Days and Future Past. It does feel like an X-Men movie, but it's just, it's not, it's not really there for me. It's not, I don't know. Like, it didn't feel like an X-Men movie for X-Men Days and Future Past. And I love X-Men Days and Future Past. I think it's the best X-Men movie if we're not counting Wolverine movies, it's the best X-Men movie out of all of them. But as far as like it as far as which of the X-Men movies feels like an X-Men movie, I would say X-Men First Class. And even with X-Men First Class, I feel in the two Deadpool movies, it feels more like feels more X-Men like than in all the other X-Men movies besides X-Men First Class. But yeah, it's, you know, Colossus looks great, and Juggernaut looks great. Like, that whole fight scene is 
so incredibly well done. And, you know, for a budget of, what was it, $100 million, looked pretty, it, it, it was pretty good, and I was definitely entertained. And, yeah, lots of fourth wall breaking, a lot of jokes. And But the one thing I didn't see coming was, um, oh, what's the character's name? Uh, jeez, what's her name? But, yeah, you know, uh, Deadpool, Wade Wilson's girlfriend, gets killed off in the, the beginning of the movie, which I sure as hell didn't see coming at all. Like, that was just... That was crazy to me. Like, I was just like, oh my god. And then, you know, they rolled the credits, and it's and I totally forgot, you know, it's directed by one of the guys from John Wick, and it's like, oh, go figure. Like, of course, of course, you know. Vanessa, that's the character's name. Yeah, when Vanessa got killed off, I was just like, what the fuck? But yeah, Deadpool 2 is definitely... <laughs> was definitely great. I mean... There are so many jokes that I love, but the one I, I love the most, and it's so stupid, but I love it so much, is when, you know, Deadpool makes a j- joke about dubstep, and I just, I love that joke a lot. Alrighty. So, I saw The Incredibles last week, and, you know, if you're a part of my generation, you know, I I've been waiting oh so patiently from the moment they announced an Incredibles 2 movie I was waiting for it so patiently so badly like when they announced it I didn't realize like it didn't hit me like when they announced an Incredibles 2 movie I was just like yeah how can we never got an Incredibles 2 movie like the Incredibles is great I mean it's it's not my favorite Pixar movie but it is like probably in my top five for sure uh, but yeah, Incredibles 2, the moment it was announced, along with, you know, Finding Dory, and your Toy Story 4, and your Cars 3, I think it was, at the time. But yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I don't care for Toy Story 4, like, I don't understand why we need it. I hope they don't do it, because it's like, you know, you just, you wrapped it up so nicely in 3, but, you know, I guess we're gonna, you know, explore another childhood or whatever I mean I don't like what is 4 supposed to be about I mean I can only see it you know where 3 left off with uh, Andy Gibbs you know his old toys to a new kid and whatnot. so I guess they're gonna you know if you're gonna do 4 you might as well do 5 and 6 I guess if that's what they're gonna do or maybe Toy Story 4 deals with adulthood and Andy wants his toys which I guess he would you know have them as collectibles I don't know but I mean whatever and Finding Dory I saw Finding Dory yeah just I don't like I never I don't I didn't I mean it's it's fine I guess it's not gonna be rememberable that's for sure like you're telling me you know Finding the uh, Finding Dory is gonna be more rememberable than uh, Inside Out or your jeez, uh, there's Incredibles or whatever. You know all these Pixar movies. So you're telling me Finding Dory is gonna be rememberable. I didn't. I don't understand. Why did we need Finding Dory? She's got to find her parents, and it's like, uh, okay, you know, it's kind of misleading title. I mean, 
the only finding Dory, you know, I mean, but, I mean, they do are looking for, you know, Dory at one point in the movie, but overall, it's just like, at the end of the day, finding Dory's just like, it's good, but it's just like, ah, you, you, you didn't have to make a sequel to Finding Nemo, but hey, if you did, fine, whatever, I'm sure there are some people who are gonna come out and see this because they love the first movie and whatnot, but for me, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's good, it's whatever, but Incredibles 2, that's what I've been looking forward to. And, oh my god, Incredibles 2, I'm not going to spoil anything because it just recently came out, but, oh my god, does it, it literally picks right up after the first movie, and uh, it's it's really incredible. It's, <laughs> pun intended, I guess. Um, It's really great. It's very much like the first one, except it's, you know, its villain is lacking or whatever from the first movie, but that's okay. That's fine. It never really takes you out of the movie. Uh, you get to see the su- superstar that is Jack-Jack, and oh, man, was I just, ah, uh, so great, so great. And it wasn't until today till I saw a comparison, like a side-by-side comparison of the first Incredibles uh, the first Incredibles movie and the second Incredibles movie, where the animation is crazy updated, looks way fantastic, and you look at the first Incredibles movie and it just looks like it. It's it's wow! It looks not good in comparison. Like it's very. It shows how far we've come in technology and. My God, I didn't realize until now that, yeah, Incredibles 2 looks amazing. I mean, especially the details. I mean, when they put their mask on or whatever, it's, you can see the little, um, the little, uh, whatchamacallit, like, you know how you put on, like, if you're a cosplayer, you know how if you buy a mask, like, from your, uh, Tigerstone, uh, FX, you know, shout out to them, because if you want, you know, a domino mask or, you know, any, you know, quality, good quality domino mask, go to them, or if you want a Batman cow, go to them, you know, shout out to them, um, but anyways, you know, if you put on that domino mask, there's this little, you know, pop, like, it pops out, you know, the details or whatever, but yeah, the details on the Incredibles, when you get up close to them, you can see that, you know, they, it's a mask, it's not like, painted over their face or whatever where if you look at the first Incredibles it looks like it's painted over there's no much not much detail or whatever but yeah it's it's insane and and it had and it took me to see a whatchamacallit a comparison video and but yeah overall Incredibles 2 it's so damn great and I didn't realize this until I saw the second movie but this I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but this, but I'm pretty sure this, you know, The Incredibles take place in the 60s. I mean, wow. And I it, it took me till now, till I saw Incredibles 2, that it takes place in the 60s. And it's so great. It's wonderful. Definitely worth the time. And it's, overall, it's a worthy sequel. It is a worthy sequel that... When it first started, you know, you hear the Incredibles theme, and right then and there, I wanted to 
bawl my eyes out so hard. I mean, I was just like, oh my god, I, I can't believe we're back. We're back. So yeah, that's Incredibles 2. Um, what else do I got on the list? Oh, Solo, a Star Wars movie. Okay, so, you know, ever since Disney bought Lucasfilm and whatnot, I have loved, I've liked or loved all of the Disney Star Wars movies that they've done, you know. So, we get Solo, and granted, Solo is definitely, you know, a Han Solo movie is not what I wanted at all. You know, I I love Rogue One because of the fact that not only are you telling a story that was told, that was, like, mentioned in A New Hope, but you also get new characters and whatnot. Solo, I feel, is like, it's basically what you would think it is. It's basically an origin story, and for me personally, I feel it's it's okay, but if you don't see it in the theater, you're not really missing out. Like, you're really not, because they show you everything that was basically mentioned in the original trilogy, the Castle Run, how, you know... How he meets Chewie, which I will say is probably the great. That was pretty good. I like that a lot. You know the Kessel Run. You know him getting the Millennium Falcon, which I will say that was good too. And you know overall, it's just like I don't know. Like I was so into you know the whole Donald Glover as Lando. I really was. I think that was like if you have any reason to go see this movie, I would see say uh, Donald Glover as Lando pitch perfect like it's it's just nuts like i would see i would rather see a donald glover as lando movie more so than a han solo movie but as far as the movie goes it never really gives me a reason never gives a reason to you know to exist never gives you that reason to exist other to other than to explain how did he get the falcon how did he meet chewy how did he you know, uh, what else? Do the Kessel Run. Like, what does the Kessel Run look like? And all that business. But that's pretty much it. I mean, granted, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It didn't really have a reason to exist at all. Because it's like, it's whatever. I mean, I don't know. It just, it wasn't for me at all. It wasn't. And honestly, you know, it's well acted, definitely. I mean, Woody Harrelson is phenomenal in this movie. Like, it wasn't until, you know, I let it sink in. And I'm thinking about what were the good things about this. And Woody Harrelson is, like, one of the... Probably the great things about this movie besides Don Glover as Lando. But as far as uh, Alden Ehrenreich goes as Han Solo, I thought it was great. As a young Han Solo? Yeah, totally. I mean... You very much see a different side of Han Solo, but you do see the Han Solo we do know in uh, when Alden uh, portrays Han Solo. Like, he was good. I think, you know, it's well acted, but I think just the story in general and them just basically explaining how Han Solo becomes who he is. Well, even though this is like years before A New Hope. But yeah, overall, I just... I don't 
overall, I'm not going to see this again. I'm probably going to forget it. I mean, if someone were to quiz me on this on this movie, I would so fail. I would fail so badly because it's just like nothing really, nothing really sticks with me. I mean, other than the cast, and I will say the like. I gotta say, who's the villain? You know, you think it's uh, Paul Bettany's character. I, I guess it is Paul Bettany's character, but it's just, eh, and, and whatever. And yeah, there's a villain in this and that. It's just like, that reveals herself to be a part of the rebellion, which is like, okay, why couldn't you just have talked it out with them instead of, you know, getting Woody Harrelson's character and his uh, crew get killed or whatever. Like, you couldn't, I don't know. But, you know, whatever. But overall, yeah, like I said, it's okay. But just again, yeah, it it's coming from a guy who didn't want a Han Solo movie, and yeah, it's it's fine, it's okay. I mean, I I would say it is a cleanser for those who are like unabashedly hate the Last Jedi. I guess it is a cleanser for them, but you know, it's weird. But whatever. But on a side note, it is kind of messed up how. You know, just recently, uh, Lucasfilm has uh, put a hold onto the uh, the spinoffs, the, uh, the spinoff movies of Star Wars. I mean, it's just because of the way, you know, because Solo is not, it's not making the money they thought it would. But then again, there's a lot of factors that play against it. You know, two uh, weeks, like in that month period, you know, you got Avengers Infinity War you got Deadpool, and, you know, also, it's five months after The Last Jedi, and The Last Jedi, you know, is very divisive among people, and maybe it would have been better if they pushed it off until, like, September, I know it's a weird month, but, like, put it in September or October, I mean... I don't know, you should just, you know, give it some time, give those, you know, people who are still, like, angry with The Last Jedi, give them some space, and don't, like, give us another, also, they didn't start marketing these, marketing, uh, solo to, like, February, which, I mean, that could be another thing that maybe didn't really go on their favor, but, who knows, but anyways, yeah, I am bummed that Lucasfilm isn't gonna do any more, well, for now at least, it's on hold, apparently, and they're gonna focus on the the sequel trilogy, and then they're gonna do the next trilogy, and, you know, okay, you're gonna focus on that, that's cool, awesome, but, you know, guys, I was really looking forward to that Obi-Wan Kenobi movie that starring, you know, Ian McGregor, because... Let's be honest, I think even those who hated The Last Jedi and don't like Disney's version of Star Wars, they want to see that. Like, there's so much potential there, and honestly, you don't have to make it, if you want to do it right, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to spend tons of millions of dollars on it. Because, you know, I mean, you could basically make it, I don't know, like, so cheap, like... A hundred million dollars, maybe at best, 
I mean, I don't know how much money or production there has to be for uh, a Star Wars movie, but it for a Kenobi movie who's just stranded on Tatooine watching a young Luke Skywalker, I don't think it would be that much. But who knows? But yeah, I am... Sucks that I gotta... I, I just... Uh, I really hope they pick up the uh, the you know that movie and do it and whatnot, and then afterwards, you know those uh, those uh, spinoff movies, which I don't think they are spinoff movies, but they should just with the you know if it's not episodic, they should go somewhere else. They should do explore new territory. They should do new characters because that's what I really loved about Rogue One. You know, yes, it's a story. You know, we've you know, heard mention of, but we're getting these new characters. Like, who are these characters? Where do they come from? And all this business. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons why Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, is my favorite Star Wars movie. But yeah, anyways. Alrighty. I think we should talk about some trailers that dropped. Or, before I do that, how about I just go into some Aquaman, yes, on DC News. Uh, actually, let's just talk about the DC Joker movies. Okay, so there's DC Joker movies. There's two. Uh, there's one that is supposedly rumored to star Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in a Elseworld type of movie and whatnot. And then there's been confirmation that Jared Leto's Joker is getting his own movie, which I'm sure I've said it on the podcast. Why? 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 Why do we need this? I mean, a part of me feels like the reason why these stories are coming out, I don't know if they've been confirmed or whatever, but but if they're happening, I feel like the main reason why it's happening is because of the fact that, you know, Venom is getting his own movie, which is like, okay... You know, I don't I don't understand this concept of probably because we never seen it done before where a villain, a guy, you know, a character who's mainly as a villain gets his own movie and whatnot. I don't I don't see how that's going to work, but I feel like that's why we're getting these DC Joker movies because apparently Warner Brothers is looking at, you know, the reaction of people who I guess are, you know, so far with what we've seen of Venom, they're liking what they see. And so I guess, you know, they're like, oh, so let's take that idea. Why don't we do, who, who, what, what villain can we, like, do a movie on? How about Joker? And it's just like, you know, of all the Batman villains you could do, I know he's the most popular, but that's one character you do not do because of the fact that, look, I mean, from what I, from what I've, you know, read, the Joaquin Phoenix is going to be a Joker origin movie, which to that I say, why? Like, why? One of the main reasons that makes the Joker so incredible is that you don't really know who he is. You don't know who he is. He's just, he's just chaos. That's what he is, that he's just a villain and whatnot. And, you know, figuring out who he is and why he does what he does, it's just that kind of ruins the character like we don't want that yes we get a glimpse of it in, in uh, the killing joke but the killing joke only gives you a snippet of it 
Killing Joke only gives you the the basically the tail end of where his life is and before he becomes crazy and whatnot. That's all you get. Now, I'm okay with that. I don't want to see the whole origin, you know. You know, he's a gangster, whether it's like he's a gangster coming up in town or whatever, he's going to be the big boss, and then he gets screwed over, and, you know, he gets dumped in a chemical acid or whatever, and all this business. It's just like, I don't, I don't need it. Like, I don't want it. Like, Joker, the Joker's always been great because you don't know who he is. He just shows up out of the blue, and, you know, Batman doesn't even know his real identity, you know. I don't know. And then a Geraletto Joker look. I mean, I think his Joker is okay. Is fine for now. I just want to see him interact with, you know, either Ben Affleck's Batman or the new Batman, which I think they're going to recast Batman because it's just all these reports and all this of all the history that we've seen. Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Fine. Whatever. It's Batman. People don't come to see Batman just for, you know, the actor who's playing him. They basically come because of, uh, you see, Batman. I mean, the only instance, the only one instance you come where an actor playing a character is so significant and you would never want to recast them ever, like people would not be on board or whatever is with, you know, Robbie Downey Jr. as Iron Man or Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Like, eventually, I don't I don't know if it'll happen anytime soon. I mean, I doubt it, but, I mean, f- as for the MCU, I mean, the MCU, I don't think it's going to recast Iron Man at all because Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. But as far as, you know, Wolverine goes... You know, it's going to be painful to see the next guy come in and take in those shoes or whatever. But for me personally, I think, yes, it's going to be hard, but I'll be okay with it. Just just give me time. That's all I got to say. Give me time because I'm still not... The thought of, you know, recasting for Wolverine right now is just... I don't want to hear that right now. I'd rather, you know, give it like five years or so and then... We can talk about who can be the next Wolverine. Because, yeah, Logan was great. But anyways. But yeah, Batman. It's like with James Bond. You could totally recast him. Because I think people don't come to see, you know, an actor playing a character. People come to see uh, James Bond for James Bond. And that goes the same for Batman, I feel. Is that people don't care who's playing Batman. They just come just to see Batman. And whatnot. So yeah. I just. So yeah. Either you know. With the Jared Leto Joker. I want to see him interact. I want to see his Joker interact. With the DC Cinematic Universe Batman. Like I don't. I don't need his own. You know. Movie. Like I don't. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like. But. Whatever. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's probably a guarantee I'll be there. If these movies do happen, I'll be there. Even though I'm not going to like it. You know, even though I don't want it. But whatever. Alrighty. Aquaman. Let's talk Aquaman. Just to brighten the mood. Aquaman photos released. I love them. I really, you get, you really get the sense of what 
the Atlantis is going to be like, it looks like, and you also get a tease of a Black Mantis helmet. It's not big, but hey, it looks accurate as fuck, even though it's just, it's not the big dome or whatever, but hey, if they can, you know, if they do it comic book accurately, great, you know, that's great. I just, I, I can't wait to see it in motion and whatnot. And that's the thing. When it comes to comic books, it doesn't have to be accurate for me. Like, it doesn't have to be accurate. It just has to, it can be, you know, adapted. They could, you know, do something new or whatever. That's fine. But if you're going to do, you know, accuracy, great. I'm all in. Especially if it, if you can make it look good. So, yeah. Aquaman, can't wait. Can't wait for that trailer to come out. Oh, yeah. Orm. Uh... Who's the actor that plays Orm? He's in The Conjuring. That actor has Orm. He looks great. The armor that Aquaman is wearing and Orm is wearing with their uh, their tridents or whatever. Well, I think Orm only has the trident and Aquaman has a... Is it seven? Who cares? But anyways, the armor looks great. I, I just I cannot wait to see what it looks like and... James Wan, I mean, I think the only movie I've seen of his is The Conjuring. And that's about it. I I haven't seen Saw. I've never seen Saw at all. I probably should, and I like the idea of... I love that... I love the idea that, you know, a director who's known for horror movies is going to try, or of any genre, to go into a different genre and, you know stretch out their skills and whatnot, see what they can do. So I'm very interested in it. And I I imagine there's going to be some horror elements in Aquaman as well. Because, you know, 75% of the uh, the world is made up of water. So yeah, Venom. Let's talk some Venom. Uh, Overall, looks great. I mean, the first teaser trailer, it just, it didn't really click with me at all. I wasn't asking for Wars Venom or whatever, I was just like, yeah, this 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 looks okay, I guess. And then you see, then we get the newest trailer, which came out like months ago. Again, it's it's a catch-up day on this episode. Anyways, Venom, the newest trailer. We see Venom. He looks great. But overall, the whole trailer is it's it's okay. It's fine. Doesn't really get me on board or anything I mean I'll go see it but I'm not like hella excited for it but whatever like I honestly if I have to be honest I feel like Venom is gonna be okay it's not bad nor is it good I think it's just gonna be okay and that's fine it's just gonna be another comic book movie that no one's gonna you know be overhyped about it or whatever I mean I'm sure there are people who are hyped about it but for me personally I'm just like this movie seems like it's gonna be okay ah well so yeah that's all I gotta say for Venom because you know it's Venom whatnot. alrighty another trailer that came out this past week Bumblebee now I never really grew up with Transformers I was never a Transformers guy the only Transformers I'm familiar with is the ones is the movies of course and you know looking back on them 
you know, at that time when I was a kid, I enjoyed them. I don't see how I could rewatch them ever again. I could probably watch the first one, but the other four or five, I don't know how many there are now. But yeah, and I never saw Age of Extinction, and I went into the last night, and the fact that it was like two hours and 30 minutes, it's like, okay, you better keep me entertained for that long, because I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I saw the last night, and the last night is just, oh my god. God, I was not into it at all. I just, I don't understand. I didn't get it at all. There was too much action, and, you know, I love action, but the action in that movie, there was way too much of it. It just, I just, oh, it's, it's very sloppy. It just, ah, oof. But I will say, I can't, you know, the one thing I can't, like, argue against is the, uh, the Transformers you know, the CGI looks incredible, and, yeah, but anyways, Bumblebee movie, we're getting this, and I'm, I'm very interested in it, I'm very, I'm looking forward to it, honestly, because it's directed by, uh, what's his name, the director that did Kubo and the Two Strings, and I finally saw Kubo and the Two Strings, like, months ago, and I loved it, and, I was like, if this is the this is the guy they're getting for Bumblebee, I'm so in. Like, I want to see what he does. And that first trailer, damn, damn, was I into it. It looked great. There, you feel there's emotion to it. You just, it just looks great. And the design of Bumblebee looks awesome. And again, the CGI, god damn it, the CGI in Bumblebee, it just looks great. So I'm really looking forward to it, even though there is a part in this uh, this trailer that felt very like the shape of water when they're underwater. It was just weird, but overall, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very much looking forward to it. So yeah, I can't wait for that. Alrighty, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse trailer. Now this is probably my Sue. Okay, well, of the comic books movies we're getting now, which is Venom, Aquaman, Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's probably one I'm missing. But anyways, of all the comic book movies that we're getting for the rest of the year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is, like, my next anticipated movie ever. I mean, you get the backstory, you get story beats... You know, you see a Peter Parker who's an adult, you know, kind of feels like he's a bum, but I kind of like that. But, but I gotta say, the animation, oh my goodness, the animation is so different. I don't, I don't know, it, maybe it's because it's got that comic book look or vibe to it. I don't know, the animation looks great, that's the one thing that's really standing out to me for this movie, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I just, I can't imagine how crazy it's going to get since they're going to, you know, introduce the Spider-Verse and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it and I can't wait to see what they do with it and yeah, very much looking forward to Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Creed 2. So I talked about a little bit about Creed early in this podcast. Um, Yeah, we got a Creed 2 trailer. The poster was... 
cool, I guess. Synopsis was pretty, you know, yeah, cool. Like I said, uh, I'm familiar with the history of the Rocky movies, even though I've never sat down and watched all six of them. But I did sit down and watch Creed in the theater, and I love Michael B. Jordan. I think he's a great actor, and yeah, Creed is very amazing. It's very inspiring, and it's just very, it's got a lot of emotion to it. And I, 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 it's like, like I said, it's one of my favorite, top five favorite movies of all time. And to see Creed 2, I'm very much looking forward to it. I hear that uh, it's going to be Creed versus Ivan Drago's son, which is like, okay, this would eventually have to happen. And the trailer comes out, and honestly, I'm not feeling it. I wasn't really feeling it at all. I was just like, ah, I don't know. Like, I just, I wasn't pulled in like I was. I mean, there was a moment in the trailer that I was like, damn, where Rocky is telling Creed, it's like, you know, uh, he mentions his dad about like, you know, that, that's the same thing. That's what your father said. And I held him as he was dying in my arms or whatever. And I was like, damn, that was a, that was a great part. Everything else, eh, I didn't really care for. I guess I just got to wait for the next trailer because, you know, that, that was our first trailer. That was more of a teaser. That's that's how I like to look at it. Like the first trailers that come out for a movie, I like to look at them as teasers and whatnot. So yeah, I hope the second trailer gets me hooked because the first trailer teaser just wasn't really going for it. I I wasn't into it. But you know, but I'm still looking forward to Creed Two. I, I cannot wait. Really, really cannot wait for that movie. Okay. Let's talk some T V for a second. Well, talk some TV because this is the last thing I have on this list that I want to talk about that is Legion Season 2 now Legion last year when it first came out last year it was my favorite show of that year and now that it's back now that it finished wrapping up in Season 2 no spoilers for this because I gotta say you know it's the best X-Men related uh, show ever it's very trippy it's very weird you gotta you, you gotta sit down and watch it and not do you can't multitask with this show at all because you'll probably miss something it's very the way it's shot you know everything about this show is very phenomenal it's well acted and the story for season two is simple and it's great and by the time you get to the end Oh my god, did it does a <laughs> I don't know if I should use this reference, but it does it does a one eighty. And I just I cannot believe I have to I can't I want season three right now. Like I I just I can't I can't wait for season three because the way of how it ends and where it's gonna go is just oh my god amazing. I just I cannot wait to see what they do with it and yeah, yeah, I am excited for Legion. You know, I saw some people having a hard time, you know. They didn't like what happened in the season finale. And fine, whatever, that's your opinion, but come on. You gotta admit, this was, this is a interesting, 
interesting angle to go in for season three. Because, I mean, it's so different. It's like you never really... I mean, I'm sure this has happened in other shows, but, like, come on. Like, this was just... Uh, it, it just... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like... it. it I mean, if you know anything about the character, you know this was bound to happen. But, yeah. So that's kind of a spoiler, I guess, what I just said there. But, yeah. I just... Oh, my God. I can't... I cannot wait. Like, I, I understand some people's problems with how it... You know, how it happened or whatever. Like that, you know, what happens in the season finale. I get their gripes, but... Man... I'm excited. I cannot wait for season three. I am so excited. I just, if you haven't seen Legion at all, I would say buy it. Buy it or, you know, stream it on, I think it's on Hulu. I'm not sure. But either way, get on Legion. And plus, it's only like, it's under 10 episodes each season. I think, well, I think uh, season two has 11 episodes, but. You know, it's great. I mean, I've always said the kind of TV I love is where they don't have your 20 plus episodes or anything like that. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got for on this list that I have down in my notepad. Um, let's see if I can think of anything. Oh, I think I should talk about it. So Supernatural ended. And I gotta say... Supernatural this season has been wonderful. It's been wonderful. And the way it ends with, uh, who was it? Michael from a different world who's now possessing Dean's body at the end. I think overall this season, well, the latest season of Supernatural has been great. I think this, this was definitely, this is a season... That's going to be a season I'm going to remember for good because every episode was never let down. I was never tired of like, you know, each episode, each new episode would come out. I was never like, oh, i got to watch Supernatural now. No, I was hooked from the beginning to the end. And damn, got to give a shout out to the, the writers. I mean, amazing. Just amazing. So, yeah, I can't wait to see, I hope, you know, the next season of Supernatural can, you know, do that same sort of effect. I mean, not every episode has to be perfect or whatever, but, man, they could if they could do it again for the next season, good on them. So, yeah, I think that's all. I'm not going to really talk about the CW shows because, I mean, there's nothing really that stood out in the uh, CW shows other than... Legends of Tomorrow, but I think I talked about that, but I'm not sure, but if I hadn't, I'm just going to say, can't wait for the next season of Legends of Tomorrow, just the way, just the, the, the boss battle at the end of Legends of Tomorrow was great, but yeah, alrighty, so yeah, I'm not going to go into there, I think that's all I got, I mean, I don't think that covers everything, but uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, um... Let's see, do I have anything else that I could talk about? I mean, I could talk about the DC shows that are coming on that DC uh, streaming service, which is um, Titans, New Young Justice Season, a Swamp Thing show. I can't wait for that. Holly Quinn show, cool. 
animated show, I think it is. Yeah, that's cool. Alright, yeah, I'm gonna get out of here now. So, that's been Spoil Your Appetite this week. I'm Tristan. <laughs>